hello, hello, and welcome to the 10 Minute Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Stefan. Thank you so much for checking us out. I really appreciate the love and support of listening to the podcast week in and week out. And I need to start off this episode with an apology. For those people who have been listening to this podcast, you know that when the draft rolled around this last season, I had my doubts about Luka Doncic. I wasn't sure he could play in this league, and I need to take the time to apologize to him and any of his fans. I'm sorry I doubted you. I'm a believer now. I believe because I've seen exactly how good this kid is. He's basically a man among boys, and boys being everyone else pretty much that's coming out of this class. Um, We've seen him play at a level that far exceeds a lot of the expectations that the rookies um, come into the NBA with. You know, we want them to play at a third, fourth, fifth year level, you know, coming into the league. And a lot of times they don't. Whereas with Luka, he is already there, um, which is really exciting for him to watch. Um, But I think also that can be a little detrimental to teams because, um, especially to the Dallas Mavericks, because you're not going to see as much growth with him because he's sort of already a finished product, um, which, you know, that's going to give uh, teams more time, especially this offseason, to scout him and his weaknesses and figure out, you know, where they can sort of pick on his game um, and sort of take him out of the equation and force him to have a frustrating night. Um, but for the most part, he's been such a phenomenal uh, surprise uh, this season. Um, and I think the Mavericks did a wonderful job being able to draft him and pick him up. And especially seeing um, just the sadness that is Dirk Nowitzki out on the court these days, uh, I think it's phenomenal that you know Luke is a- able to go to that franchise and they're able to s- just seamlessly pass the keys to the kingdom from you know Dirk to Luca. Um, and that's very exciting uh, as fans to, to watch him and his development, um, especially, you know, as well as they've played this year. That's phenomenal and uh, really excited to see um, how he develops and grows. And once again, I apologize to him and any Dallas Mavericks fans. I will say this really quick. I was watching some of the highlights of the game tonight. Um, what the heck is Wes Matthews wearing on his head? He's wearing like the uh, Karate Kid sort of head wrap. First of all, dude doesn't even really have any hair. So I don't know what you're trying to, um, you know, hold back. But uh, someone's got to tell him, like, that's got to go. Unless he's, like, wearing it and auctioning it off for charity or something. Because um, that's just, like, you know, just just take it off, bro. Just take it off. Um, so, actually, I am currently starting to train again for the LA Marathon, which I ran last year. And so I'm spending a lot of time on the treadmill, uh, you know, doing different workouts. And so, actually, I've been able to watch a lot of basketball Um, Because it's on at the gym and, you know, I have workouts for like, you know, 30, 45 minutes pretty much every day on the treadmill. Um, So I actually got the chance to watch the uh, Bucks Rockets game this past week. Um, And I was really, really um, pleased with how the Bucks played. I mean, obviously that they won, but I think they laid out a strategy uh, to beat the Rockets and, you know, to make it really hard for James Harden to score. I know he had a pretty decent game, but just watching the game, actually, it was interesting to see how they defended him. I mean, they basically cheated him very, very well to the right side, made him go to his right to the point where it was, like, obvious. that They were literally standing, like, almost perpendicular, you know, to, to where he was going, saying, like, you know, 
the only option you have is to go to your right. Like you don't have the opportunity to go to your left. And even when he would drive, you know, to his right and then try and cross over, they would just, they would let him drive by and they would still just kind of collapse from the back to take away the, the, um, the left hand. So he couldn't get up a shot real quick. Uh, unfortunately that led to him, you know, driving down the lane a lot. Um, getting up like lobs, you know, uh, little floaters, things like that, uh, which is fine. I mean, if you do that, you take away one of uh, the major points of his game, which is three-pointers. And especially with Chris Paul out, um, you know, uh, a three is always better than a two. Um, and the more twos that you make him take, the less that he goes to the free throw line, um, the less threes that he takes, and makes it more of a close game. Um, and so I thought thought that the Bucks laid out a very good roadmap for how to beat this team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when and if Chris Paul comes back, seeing how that changes uh, how James Harden plays. Um, and so I I thought that was really impressive, and I think a lot of teams will start to play him like that, um, especially as the season goes on. I have to say I wasn't really that impressed with Giannis's game, to be honest. Um I think it's the first time I've ever actually seen him play uh, besides just highlights, but watching him play a whole entire, you know, 60 minute game, four quarters um, from start to finish. Um, he's very one dimensional. And I say that in, in a compliment because I think his one dimension is very great. He's very great at what he does. He's very great at getting to the basket. Um, you know, he's a pretty decent passer, uh, but he doesn't have a jump shot at all. Um, and his free throw shooting, his percentage is, is you know, kind of lackluster. But he's basically LeBron James without a jump shot. Um, and if you really notice, you know, the, the seasons that LeBron James has elevated his team to greatness has been when he's had a three when he's had a three point shot, when he's had a reliable jump shot. You think about, you know, the, the seasons that he's actually won in NBA finals. A lot of times, you know, he's doing well to pull up from three to pull up, you know, from a long two. Um, he's not just driving into lane the whole entire time. And so, uh, you know, I think in a way, because Giannis doesn't have a three-point shot yet, that sort of um, is a detriment to his team because um, a three-pointer is always better than a two-pointer, um, especially when you have people shooting three-pointers at a very high rate. And a lot of times um, it's just better to take a three-pointer if you're down, you know, if you're trying to push the lead than it is to to just get a layup. Um, and so I think that's going to be a detriment for the Bucks as they go into the playoffs, especially since they're running a lot of their offense through Giannis. Um, and I, I just don't think he's there yet. Um, he's really exciting. He's really fun to watch. You know, he obviously can um, have, you know, a lot of amazing dunks and good layups and he collapses the defense around him. Um, but he's still very one dimensional. Um, and I think if he takes the time uh, this offseason um, to work on his jumper, that could be very exciting for his team and I think could lift Milwaukee to the next level. I know right now they're like second in the pl- in the playoff race in the Eastern Conference, but still, I don't I couldn't take them above Toronto. I couldn't take them above Boston. Um, I just don't think that they have the ability in a seven game series to beat either of those teams or even to beat the 76ers. I will say this that if Giannis and Ben Simmons locked themselves in a room this offseason and didn't leave until both of them had a reliable jumper and a three-pointer, they would easily be two of the best players in the league, hands down. Better than Harden, probably better than Steph, you know, better than LeBron, uh, because they have the ability, the tangibles to run the point, 
you know, to get to the rim at will. And if you have a step back three, you force the defense to be drawn towards you. So your assist numbers are going to go up exponentially. Um, you know, it's going to make the, the, your teams, your teammates better. Um, and so it's going to be really exciting to see if that happens. Um, and if so, uh, um, you know, you, you heard it here first. I mean, you probably heard it other places too, but um, I'll tell you this. If Ben Simmons and Giannis uh, were able to get a reliable outside jumper, you know, or three-pointer, they would be money. That's also something that I noticed in this game that I watched between the Bucks and the Rockets is that, you know, when we have perennial MVP-level players playing in the same game, a lot of times we want to see them match up. We want to see, you know, Giannis going at James Harden. We want to see James Harden going at Giannis. We want to see Steph going at LeBron. We want to see Katie going at LeBron. We want to see, you know, LeBron going at Ka- uh, Kawhi, you know, or Kyrie. We want to see these matchups. And I didn't really see them at all. And you would think with the length of Giannis that he would match up really well with James because um, he could force James, you know, he's so long, he would force James to go to his right. You know, he's long enough and his steps are so big that if James beats him to the rack, he can still get a block on him, you know, from the back or from the side, you know. So I was really sort of disappointed to not see that matchup more in the game. Um, it would be really interesting to see how those two um, played, you know, matched up. Quickly, I also uh, want to talk about this because uh, we're going to talk about college basketball. We're in the middle of it, you know. Now it's mostly conference games. So I was at the gym, uh, you know, working out, running, and I watched the Baylor versus UConn women's game. Um, and it was actually quite entertaining um, how UConn actually lost. Um, you know, it was at Baylor. Baylor played hard every possession. They didn't whine to the officials about calls, and they made baskets when it counts. I know that's kind of an easy analysis, but, um, you know, that's what it takes, I think, to win against a really great team, a really well-coached team, um, is you play hard every possession. I think that will give you the edge every time, um, and you stick to the game plan because um, I think a lot of times, you know, teams don't stick to the game plan. They get up by four or five, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they're just, they lost the game plan and who knows what they're doing. Um, also, I just wonder if, you know, the WNBA has a one and done rule. And if so, you know, are more players going to go to the WNBA straight out of high school? Uh, because I think we're seeing, especially in the news, we're seeing a lot of uh, notifications about some really good women's high school basketball players who, you know, are playing phenomenal at the high school level. They go to college, they're killing it. Um, and, you know, they're just wasting their, their time in college when they can go make money, you know, maybe not a lot, uh, but make money, you know, get exposure, um, you know, to the game on a, on a different level, get exposure, you know, out uh, for press and, and commercials and things like that um, and have the ability to use their craft to uh, be able to give themselves and their family a better life. Uh, so that's it for me this week on the 10 Minute Basketball Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and uh, have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you.